Yeah, can I be myself? Yeah, when I go to work? Yeah. Do you get confused when they say, let's be more diverse? Is it my culture? Is it the way I talk or how I rock my hair? Should be equal with all people, but right now I think it's clear. There's confusion, uh, diversity ain't confusion. Uh, need my seat at the table. If we ain't all in, then we losing. Yeah. Diversity ain't confusion, diversity ain't confusion. Time to break out the cubicles and let's work together. Let's do it. Yeah. Let's go. Hi everybody, me Dr. Brandy here and I'm excited that you can join me for my first diversity and confusion session. Um, I decided to start a, a series called diversity and confusion because I thought that right now the diversity, equity and inclusion field and industry, the experts, the leaders, I, I saw a lot of gaps honestly. I saw a lot of weaknesses, but let me tell you why I believe that, that the diversity and inclusion industry and field right now is really in a state of emergency. Number one, we're still in our infancy. So I think that we think that we're further along than what we are, even though it's, you know, 20, 30, 40 years uh, that this industry has been kind of taking shape and taking form. And I, I think that we're still maturing, but we're still in our inf infancy for sure. Um, one of the things that that is troubling and unsettling is that I feel like this industry is starting to be driven by the outside world rather than being informed by the outside world, if that makes sense. I think that it's important to stay relevant and to respond to what's going on outside of corporate America or outside of business and the business world. But at the same token, it's it seems that, you know, the diversity and inclusion industry is, is like a, an, an extension or maybe not an extension because it should be an extension of the people, but sort of is becoming sort of a platform and a mouthpiece for people's perspectives outside of work. And so what I'm what I'm saying about this is that it's almost like the diversity and inclusion industry is, is getting out of its lane, so to speak. And so, for example, there may be um, I've seen a lot of people with political opinions bring that into the workplace. Um, and, and when you think about diversity and inclusion, a lot of those really politicized topics all of a sudden are kind of seeping in to the workplace when at the end of the day, the workplace is, is supposed to be, or when we think about diversity and inclusion in the workplace, we should be thinking about individuals and their differences and how it relates to the work that we're doing in these four walls. So we don't want to be blind to the outside world, but, but I, I'm starting to notice that where diversity, equity, and inclusion should be creating more inclusive environments and more peaceful environments that sometimes in, in companies, I'm noticing that there's more division that there's almost like groups, different groups that are like protesting as they would outside of work. They're like protesting for like rights at work um, and, not, and, and not in response to anything that a company is doing necessarily that is um, negative or, or that is unfair per se, but it's almost like they're just bringing in the outside world into corporate America. I hope that's making sense for some of you. Now, some of you are gonna, are gonna be nitpicking on some of the things that I'm saying, and that's fine. Just email me later. Um, and so again, I think that 
you know, when it comes to diversity, equity, inclusion, and in the workplace, we have to be mindful not to politicize our workplace. Um, and, and we, as, as practitioners, as consultants, when you're an internal diversity uh, leader, you, you, this is not about giving all of the kids all the toys they want and everything that they need to be happy. You know, like part of the concept or the idea behind diversity and inclusion is the fact that, you know, we have to live with the fact that there are differences and there are people that we sit beside every day who are different from us. And I think that uh, a lot of work cultures, a lot of diversity leaders, a lot of um, diversity and inclusion practitioners are almost advocating and, 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 and forcing a certain type of food down, down people's throats. And what it does is, and, and again, just flow with me guys, I, I'm gonna work this all out by the end, hopefully. Um, but what it does is, it actually doesn't allow people to have, to feel comfortable having their own personal views. It's like backwards. Am I the only one? I don't know. Maybe I'm not articulating this well. So the first thing I noticed, one of the things I, I wanna do to kind of hold this industry accountable is identifying the fact that there is such a bias towards unconscious bias. There's a bias towards unconscious bias. I believe it's a safe choice. I believe that those people who really are not uh, well-versed in psychology and human behavior and cultural competence and understanding different cultural communication cues. When I uh, was studying in my master's and my doctoral program, I studied the different cultural cues and values and what matters in communication between Asian groups and European groups and African groups and Latino groups. And, and so, you have experts that are actually not expert in any of this, but they're diversity and inclusion experts. And all, all they're doing is talking about unconscious bias, unconscious bias. There, it's a red flag, honestly. If you have any diversity and inclusion experts and that's their only uh, expertise, okay? If they're a one trick pony and all they can do is unconscious bias. Um, and the, the bias toward unconscious bias is because it's a safe choice. You don't need real experience. You can literally Google some articles and, and learn about unconscious bias and regurgitate that to other people. And then here's the thing, it's unconscious. It's a bias that is subconscious and unconscious. We all have it, but, but that's not really addressing what's, what we need to address when it comes to equitable and inclusive environments in the workplace. Unconscious bias is not, and here's the thing, about unconscious bias. It's a fragmented aspect of the total picture of what's going on. Inequities um, and and people who are who don't promote an inclusive environment, it's not always because they're they have unconscious biases. Honestly, a lot of people are very conscious of their biases. And honestly, it's their beliefs, it's their values, it's the things that they hold near and dear. Now the difference is what we want to be promoting is I don't care what you believe. But when you take that belief and you and you exclude certain people and you take that belief and you have policies that are inequitable and you take that belief and certain people are not promoted, then that's the problem. And that's what we should be focused on with diversity and inclusion, not, um, you know, talking aimlessly about like unconscious bias. Because I promise you, an unconscious bias training is not going to get rid of your unconscious biases. They're unconscious. You know how much deep deprogramming and reprogramming we would have to do psychologically to you and 
in order for you to release those unconscious biases and it's not necessary it's not needed now am i saying that that topic as a whole we should just trash it not at all but it's it's a small part of the whole picture as, as far as i'm concerned just based on my research and my analysis and kind of thought process over this over the last couple of months um it's superficial at best the other thing i want to address is that you know I can tell that the diversity and inclusion industry or field, I'm calling it industry, but the field and the concept of diversity and inclusion in corporate America is not where it needs to be because it's still being sold. It's still being sold um, to company leaders. It's still being sold. We're still having to pitch this. When, when anything that you have to, and here's the here's sad part about it that, that I find is, is um, just unfortunate as many years as we've been, you know, growing the our our knowledge on diversity and inclusion is what we've done is we have turned this into some sort of business case study which diminishes and devalues the entire purpose of diversity equity and inclusion to begin with so we're selling this as a business imperative you know uh for your business for your company to be able to to be able to earn have those earnings to be able to perform to be able to be competitive it's like you should be doing diverse you, you should have an equitable and inclusive environment regardless but but the fact that in diversity and inclusion as experts as practitioners as leaders we are overselling this business concept almost as a crutch almost as if i see people do this and it's almost as if we don't believe that it's valuable outside of that and so you sit there and you talk to ceos of these huge companies that typically white males for the most part and there's nothing wrong with that you know um that's not like a curse word or something white male people are so uh, offended by by um there's a white male in leadership you know it's like okay there there's a there can be a white elephant in leadership and a purple donkey in leadership like that's not the the purpose it's not the individual um who is the problem based on their race or their gender okay and here's the thing we have to apply the same rules for one group that we do with another so if you don't want one person to say we're going to do that person's leadership is, is not as good because they're a woman then we can't do the same thing because they're a a um purple woman then we we can't do that and say you know there's sort of this assumption that that if you're a white male leader that um there there's something wrong you know that there's a gap that needs to be filled and so i think that again very superficial in terms of the the dialogue that i've been hearing and i think that we we have to sort of sell this and, and it's become a crutch it's become it almost it's like an insecurity of the diversity and inclusion industry. And I think it's oversold, quite frankly. At the end of the day, in my opinion, um, you know, we need diversity, equity and inclusion to help people overcome, you know, and confront their own biases. That's fine. But uh, the thought that we're going to keep perpetuating and having to sell this as like a business imperative, it's actually sad in and of itself. And we're the ones that are doing that. That's the only way that the, the white males leaders will understand the imperative, like to get us that this is important. And, and I think that that strategy is done. We tried it. We've done that enough. Let's move on. And again, let's mature now um, and really dig deeper in, into what we need to do. And, and even if there were going to be no business performance level changes 
then you still need to have an inclusive and equitable environment. Does that make sense to you guys or okay? Now, the other thing is um, when you do that, it lets, it lets, you know, experts off the hook and then companies in a weird way can kind of like circumvent the DEI anyway. So you'll find that companies will have unconscious bias training and they'll have affinity groups. I'll talk about that in a second. Um, and they'll, they'll do these things and, or they'll, they'll start to do policies, uh, compliance reliance is what I call it uh, in the course compliance reliance. Okay. So what policies do we have to have to make sure that like we're equitable when we have it there? But, but do the people feel, do the employees actually feel that they're included? Um, do, did they feel that day in and day out? And so when you sell it, uh, and from a business sense, what business people are going to do and what business leaders are going to do is make sure that they have all the documentation, the compliance and all the measurements in place. And you still may not actually see the changes inside of the organization. Another thing that I think is challenging, um, I call it the long lists of ists. It's just the labeling. You know, are you a sexist? Are you a racist? Are you a this ists? Are you that ists? Ists is where we are, even in our own industry, you know, the labeling. By now, I think that there shouldn't be such a reliance on the labels, but it's almost as if I'm seeing that a resurgence of people very quick to, to because they think they're identifying an environment that's not diverse. They want to start labeling and calling people certain ists. He's so sexist. She's racist. He's racist. So racist. You know, it's, it's in a way, how are we as practitioners and as consultants and as diversity and inclusion experts, how are we helping people to not label, to not separate themselves? to maybe see some gray area. And I think that some of the black and white kind of dialogue that I'm hearing, and, and it's, it's coming from almost, it's almost like I'm seeing anger erupting in, in corporations. And it's very interesting. And it's the more that this diverse, um, you know, we are the world, we are the children. I'm an 80s baby, so I'm sorry, that's all I can think of. But but the more that this dialogue is sort of being pushed, I think the further away that we're getting from the the, the goal of um, having a reciprocal respect for differences, okay? And again, this may be just a part of the growing phase that we're in, right? So I think maybe we're in like the teenage phase, but I think it's time for us to mature. Another thing that I, I really, you know, that troubles me is that there, there's sort of, there's sort of an underlying message that in this sort of diversity and inclusion movement, it, it, the message is not what it's supposed to be, which is coexist, you know, different views and different opinions can coexist. And people with maybe different backgrounds or needs or accommodations need need equitable accommodations. Um, and then different types of people with different values should all be included. That's what this should be. But it almost I almost feel like what's happening is people are more scared to voice their real opinions and their real values. I, I call it the belief police. Some diversity inclusion experts are walking around like the belief police. The thing is, I don't care what you do late at night or early in the mornings. 
okay, with your significant other. I don't care how you pray and what time of day that you pray and who you're praying to. I don't care what you eat or choose not to eat or that, you know, I don't care. All of that is irrelevant. Let's talk about mutual respect with one another. Let's help each other on the job. Let's get the job done. Let's not discriminate, right? But instead of having that, and I know some of you are like, what, she said she doesn't care about this, she doesn't care, but I want you guys to follow my train of thought here. What I'm saying is, instead of focusing on being belief police, okay, and focusing on what do you believe? What do you believe? What do you believe? Are you to be? People were arguing so much. I had a friend and, and at their job, people were getting in full blown arguments about Chick-fil-A. Well, I don't eat at Chick-fil-A because Chick-fil-A support these people. Well, I, I eat at Chick-fil-A because I'm in alignment with what Chick-fil-A. And I just was like, y'all are arguing about Chick-fil-A. Chick-fil-A is still making chicken sandwiches, full blown chicken sandwiches and making their money and doesn't even know you that you exist right now. Okay. And you guys are arguing over, over that because it was embedded in, in so, so many other issues. And by now, I believe we should be able to give employees the tools to be able to work through those things. And so when I come to work, if I don't believe what you believe now, especially, and here's the thing, it doesn't apply to everything. It only applies to a few things, which is very dangerous. So there are, and it, and it changes year after year, right? So in one year, this is hot, this is not. And so in this year, we will everybody ha better not say anything against this concept or this diversity concept because we're gonna be looking at you with the side eye. And then another year, everybody's talking about this out there in the, in the world. And so God forbid you have a different opinion. And then the next year, oh my gosh, oh my God, he's the leader. God forbid you are for this leader or not against that leader. You know, at work, this is where we went. Before we said, look, don't bring any of it into the workplace. And what, what happened was you couldn't even bring yourself to the workplace. You just had to be like a corporate robot. Like I, no one can know what I think, no, do. Nah, nah. Now we opened the floodgates and said, hey, come in. Let's be diverse, let's be inclusive, let's have those discussions. But, but, because of uh, the diversity, equity, and inclusion industry and the experts, we haven't done our job. We're not really speaking truth. We're being superficial and taking the easy road out, claiming everything, thinking that we're going to put the unconscious bias bandaid on everything. Then we, we, you sit here and then you have people that are frightened to, to even share their religion or what they do. Someone can come in and share a certain aspect of who they are. And it's like, oh my gosh, God forbid you don't clap for them, but don't let you mention something uh, that's not hot this year. People are looking at you like, oh my gosh, huh? And so there are more judgments, there are more biases. And I think that the goal is we all should be less concerned about who we eat we are and who people support and who people don't support and what religion you are and what religion you're not. And all of that should take a back seat, quite frankly, 
to our ability to work together with people with differences, our ability as a company to be mindful, use metrics, use data to make sure that we're promoting equally. Um, and, and, and yeah, the next thing is, you know, this is unfortunate, but because we haven't been doing our job, I'm seeing movements starting inside of organizations. Movements from the outside are coming inside. I don't understand why, uh, and I, I will name this one, and I know some of you guys are gonna be like, but um, feminism, I don't believe that the feminist movement or feminism uh, as a movement belongs in the workplace. You can be a feminist, whatever that means to you, because I've met about 10 different feminists with 10 different ideas and definitions of what that means, and that's fine. No judgment there. You can call yourself whatever ist that you want. That's irrelevant to my point. My point is there are certain movements that just do not belong in the workplace. Uh, and I think that it's creating a toxic environment. I think that the same people who we want to bring along and say, hey, let's collaborate with us, we are demonizing and we're pushing them away. And, and, and then you wanna wonder why they're not trying to collaborate with you or they don't treat you a certain way or you still feel excluded. Um, and I think that uh, there's almost a sense of entitlement that, that Everyone else needs to acknowledge my difference and that my difference is okay. But I may not think that your difference is okay. And what do you care that I think that your difference is not okay? As long as I don't use any power that I have, as long as I don't disrespect you to your face, as long as I don't whatever, I don't have to participate in that different belief. But the belief police will lead you to believe. And unfortunately in diversity and inclusion as experts, we have reinforced it this sort of by not saying saying this and by not shedding light on this challenge that I've noticed over the last probably year and a half, we are perpetuating this idea that, you know, it's like a toxic unity here where I'm forced to be unified and have the same, you know, because the company accepts something and because the company wants to market that they're, you know, because the company wants to do, has, is, has nothing to do with me as an individual. I don't have to come, you know, in alignment with what the company um, is promoting. And so when you think about diversity, equity, and inclusion, it's important to understand the difference between what the company's values are and what individual's values are. Companies are going to take a stance for their reasons. Um, and that's fine. And, and, and as long as the company's stance, um, isn't sort of impeding on, on other people, I think there's nothing wrong with that. The last thing I'm going to mention is, um, the fact that, you know, I want to encourage you all to go to drbrandy.com. Uh, I go into detail all of the things that I mentioned just now where it comes to uh, when it comes to a bias towards unconscious bias, when it comes to the long list of is, when it comes to compliance reliance, the belief police. You know, I want to start a dialogue so that we can really be a little bit. Uh, number one, we can grow up as an industry and that we can be more critical of ourselves. I think that, you know, we're at a critical time in, in the world right now. We're at a critical time in life right now. And when you think about the invisible forces that have their own values, that have their own agendas and how that's going to fit in with all of us, 
we are better uh, together than we are apart. And I think that from a psychology background that I have, this is psychology 101. And I think that because of the external influences that we consume outside of the workplace that have effectively over the last probably almost 100 years, uh, you know, this is like basic psychology 101, right? Is prime people. You prime people um, and then you feed them the information to validate what you've just primed them for based on your agenda. And I think that we have to be mindful because I'm seeing a lot of um, inequities, even more so. I'm seeing employees that don't feel comfortable being themselves. I see employees that are being demonized because um, they're not the flavor of the week on the diversity totem pole. Uh, one of the episodes that I'm going to do on the diversity and confusion podcast is really how do white males feel about this? Because I think that this I've seen a lot of I've seen and I've heard a lot of toxic comments and blanket statements that are put onto white males that if they were put onto any other group, people would be making up another ist that you are for that group. And so my goal here is to, um, sh you know, share some of my perspectives, of course. And I want to hear from you. I want to start a dialogue because I know that I'm probably not the only one thinking in this direction. But at the same token, if there are some other opinions there that are maybe not in alignment with what I'm saying, let's go. Let's have the dialogue. But I think that we've been asleep. And I think that if we do our job with the millions of people that work in different corporate environments, if we do our job with really educating people on the purpose of diversity, this is this does not have to be we are the world, we are the children, united, we are one. We all believe that we all um, are, um, that we all should believe what we all, what we all believe. It's like, no. But I think that we're going in the direction where I can't even believe what I what I want to believe without feeling a certain way. And it's the same, the same discrimination, the same hate, the same uh, strong opinions that people had about the groups that are now um, having a voice that didn't have a voice um, that maybe experienced discrimination. And, and again, this is not a one size fits all concept because diversity. There's so many different levels of diversity is ridiculous, right? But, but I, what I'm seeing is that the same groups that had something to say when they were on this side are now on this side and almost doing the same thing to others. It's a sense of entitlement, quite frankly. It's a, it's a sense of an entitlement um, that everyone around you needs to acknowledge your difference. And I think that that's very scary. And I think that what it does is it doesn't allow for people to learn how to get along with people who are not like them, to learn that you don't have to believe. Now your group of friends and your family members and you guys have the same beliefs, but you can't come into work and, and say that I'm any type of ist because I don't believe what you believe. Now, if I don't believe what you believe and I choose to treat you differently because of that, that's the problem. That's what we should be focused on in diversity and, and, and inclusion. And so that's why I'm calling this diversity and confusion. I hope I didn't confuse you. I hope there's something I said that made you go, hmm, at a minimum. Uh, go to drbrandy.com. You can shoot me a message if you had a problem with anything that I said or you want to add to the dialogue or add to the comments. If you have a suggestion on a topic or anything um, and um, 
I welcome. I welcome your your comments. I welcome your feedback. I welcome dialogue. I'm not afraid to engage with people who don't think exactly like how I do. I actually love um, understanding what's in other people's minds and brains and perspectives. And so thank you so much. Welcome to the Diversity and Confusion series. I'll talk to you guys soon.